Hello and welcome to Ahead of the Eight Ball. It's Mick here, Dave's here as well. Hello. We've got a very loose... Stool. <laughs> yes, we've got a very loose um, sort of... Drive. ...thing for this, which is cricket and politics. The Don't reason... stop listening, it's not going to be shit. No, nah, it's not... not. Well, not any shitter than yeah. normal. It's, it's main, not... Mainly down to Matt Hancock, but... But mainly down to the World Cup that's just happened. So, um, Dave. Yeah. All right. World Cup. Shit World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a shit World Cup. What? Um, what? What? What do we do? I'll tell, you, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how you know it's a shit World Cup. It was a shit World Cup because the brilliant, amazing, and really funny end to it involved Australia winning it. <laughs> yeah. If 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 the best thing that can happen for a World Cup is Australia winning it, yeah, it's a shit World Cup. So I, I was I was watching it um with the sound off, which from what I hear was probably the best way to have uh, consumed that final game. But it, it was it was feel... if you didn't want to grind your teeth to actual dust. It made me feel very odd, thinking like celebrating Marnus just scampering back for a two and not going you fucking mm. but it was it was it was odd I don't think I've ever wanted Australia to win more and mainly oh. and mainly because not not because like it's just it was just funny and that's the thing that is there was no I've got no I've got no like anger towards this is going to be an odd sentence for a white man to say but I've got no anger towards India or the Indian people but <laughs> <laughs> You gotta be careful because you don't want you don't want to come across like uh, blowers. Oh my god! Just fucking who managed to like there's you... there's the kernel of a point in there, yeah. and it and it and it's the reason that you know none of us you know it it did rile and and great that you know did there's home advantage and then there's a whole tournament feeling like it's been rigged and being played entirely for the benefit of one team. Yeah. Which is what this tournament felt like. It was, you know, which is why you've now got people complaining that oh, I can't, it's a shame to have a final. But no, it's a World Cup. World Cups have yeah. knockout games, more knockout games, not not fewer knockout games. Yeah. Um. You know, it, it's it's ne- never there's there's home advantage and there's nothing wrong with home advantage. But it it it's. This was a tournament that was that seemed to be run entirely for India on India's terms and to all intents by India. Um and that's not healthy whether that's India doing that, England doing that, Australia doing that, or whoever. It's it's not healthy for any sport. And and it it's all well and good for Indians who as they often defensively will go, well, it used to be England that had all the power. Again, that was shit too. It's it's not... The issue isn't that India have all the power. The issue is that anyone has that amount of power and control over a sport that can... You know, in the Asia Cup, the rules on reserve days, they just stuck a reserve day in because it was India v Pakistan. You know, the reason we're saddled with the dog shit World Cup format that we've just sat through for eight weeks... Mm is because there has to be an India-Pakistan game and there has to be as many India games as there can possibly be. And turning around saying, oh, well, the reason the format's this is because 
you've got to have all these India games. But yeah, it, again, it's not that it's India; it's that it's anyone. Yeah, it's that it's that any team can is is so vital. It's not healthy for any sport to be that beholden to the fates of one country. And it all, you know, it obviously all goes back to the two thousand seven World Cup when India fucked it and went out in the first round, and it. It's like right. If that we can't, can't happen again. We can't have a format that even slightly risks. Yeah. That and does that go back to like the stuff we've spoken about before? How because India have that much control, it's damaging to the game for them to to go out early. Like that's bollocks, isn't it? It it, it isn't. It isn't, isn't it? Because it is true. Mm. You know, it is. It is bad. If India go out of a tournament early, but the point is, is that it shouldn't be. You know, cricket's always doing this. You know, oh, cricket needs a strong West Indies. Mm-hmm. So, like, so the rules of cricket are: if West Indies are doing badly, it's oh, cricket needs a strong West Indies. If Pakistan are doing badly, cricket needs a strong Pakistan. If Australia are doing badly, it's cricket needs a strong Australia. You know, what point was it? If it's India, then like then genuinely it, cricket is fucked without a strong India. Cricket does need a strong India. But if it's England doing badly, it's ha lol, England is shit. Those that's the rules of that. <laughs> cricket doesn't need cricket will cope perfectly fine with a shit England because everyone else can just enjoy laughing at it. Yeah. Which is fine, we deserve it. I'm not saying that that's wrong. But it, it's but it isn't healthy for a sport to need any, you know. Hungary used to be the best football team in the world. No one now laments that Hungary aren't as good as they were and goes cricket, you know, football needs a strong Hungary. Because because football has embraced everyone and other nations have been allowed to grow and develop and fill that void. And cricket doesn't do that. We just pat people on the head every few years and give them a couple of games and yeah, then they go off and have no more games for another four years and then go ah oh, well they've not really improved have they yeah said the same the same thing with the successes in the rugby world cup where those i can't think it was canada don't now don't have a game or georgia or someone yeah. don't have a game now for two years it's like but at least in the world cup. you know but at least rugby... they're in the, in the thing they're trying to do something and they're, they're talking about what they're going to do to make it better and, and cricket never does and rugby has a proper world cup say what you like about rugby and i do frequently whether people want me to or not yeah. But um, they have a proper World Cup. It's not perfect, and because they've got you know you've got a similar problem in rugby that you've got a core of often the same teams, the same countries, but you've got a core of eight or ten very strong teams, and then there's a significant drop off. Traditionally, it falls away quite quickly. As in cricket, that is changing. That you know the 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 lesser teams are more able to compete now than they were but at least rugby is undeniably trying and the the only real problem with their world cup is that because the game involves people whacking their heads into other people for an extended period of time yeah. they have to have big gaps between games so that makes their world cup that's the issue that makes their world cup long and drawn out is that you have to have the big gaps 
But it's actually, format-wise, I'd love the Cricket World Cup to be that exact format. It never will, for the reasons we've already said, not enough guaranteed India games. But four groups of five, quarterfinals, semifinals, final, you've got all the things the Cricket World Cup doesn't have. You've got proper spread of nations. In By having groups of five, you're going to have at least one game for those lesser nations where they're going to have a, a decent crack at a result. Yeah. It was Portugal who haven't got a game for two years, I think. Portugal. Yeah. Um, you've got proper jeopardy. As soon as you lose a game, yeah, it doesn't eliminate you, but it puts you on under the gun from that moment on. Proper jeopardy, which is what the cricket that's the massive yeah. one. The cricket World Cup I mean, has well, none of. I think England lost 14 or 15 games in a row and still could yeah. mathematically qualify in this. In, in England at one point had <laughs> lost 27 consecutive matches. Um, and it was still, some of them by over, over 200 runs, yeah, so. some of them by 18 wickets. <laughs> um, what one of them the game didn't even start if you remember because all the England players just just sort of sat on the grass and had a bit of a cry. Yeah. Um, and it was still like, okay. If we win the last two. If we, if, if we, if we win these last two. If we can get something and get, get the, get get something that, get get the Netherlands. We, we'll be yeah, honest. if we if we can just turn over the Dutch, um, we get that net run rate up to somewhere around minus four, minus five. Um, and we just squeaked into the, into the Champions, Champions Trophy as well. Again, that uh, is, a, a that... tournament with a much better format than the yeah. actual World Cup. But also, as 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 far as I can't think of another sport that would just sprinkle that in mid-tournament. You know, yeah. I don't, decide... know if you, don't know if you saw, but <laughs> yeah, we decided this two years ago, and we're just telling you now. Um, what also, also a crap way to do it, mm. but. Would have been a very, very funny one had England finished ninth oh. or tenth, and that, that, that's like to to come back to, me, ju- to just to say as well, none of this is new information no. about this World Cup. And again, we are on the fucking pulse because, of it, aren't we? Because of, it yeah, yeah, um, because it's India, you get a lot of oh, this is because England was shit. No, as we were saying all of this four years ago, it was a shite format four years ago. It's a shite format now. And at least we haven't got it for the next World Cup. We don't know how many overs the next World Cup might yeah. have. Might not be 50. But it will at least have 14 teams again. Um, which is which is know, better. It's, it's, a min- it's, the, it's the bare minimum of, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but at least it, it, it's, it, it's, it's summer. We, we assume at this point you're going to have something more like we had in 2011, 2015, where you have two groups of seven and top four going through. That isn't great, no. to be honest, because again, there's not enough jeopardy in the group stage. But at least you get quarterfinals, so you get seven proper knockout games. But the the downside to that very very funny finish where India winning ten games and then losing yeah. the big one, you know, it it shouldn't be up for debate that the World Cup will have a single elimination final. Um, but it inevitably is. There is no guarantee that the next World Cup will have a single elimination final now. Um, because what, what you've seen is a lot of the criticism of the, the format has sort of made the 
they've landed on the right point, but then they've not made the next step. So what I've seen a lot of people say is, it you know it's not fair that the team that dominates the the group stage gets no advantage in the knockouts. And like pointing to how like the IPL or the Big Bash or the CPL or whatever have a playoff system with eliminators and qualifiers. And all of that's right. All of that's completely right. Mm. But the the point where the, the, the next leap that they don't make is that the issue with a World Cup that has a 45-match group stage and three knockout games is that it isn't that it's not the three knockout games that are the problem. Yeah. Your your yeah. problem is that you've got this huge group stage that you're right. Playing 45 matches that doesn't really give the team finishing first that discernible an advantage over the team finishing fourth isn't brilliant. But the issue isn't those three knockout games at the end. Look at World Cups in pretty much any major team sport. They're going to have a final. They're going to have semi-finals. The issue is that you've created a league. This is a league with a playoff system. And that's not what a World Cup should be. A World Cup, you you know, like the 32-team Football World Cup was the perfect World Cup. Obviously, football is as greedy as cricket and is run by people as bad as cricket. And there's sort of something quite interesting in the way that they fucked it at the other other end. Cricket's fucked itself by shrinking and getting smaller to the detriment of the quality of its competition. Football's gone the other way. They had it perfect with 32 teams, and now it's going to be shit with 48 teams. Yeah. But with 32 teams, and again, you know, the 16-team version works just as well. But you've got a group stage that gives you a chance. So you don't, you know, you don't just rock up at a tournament, have one bad day and get fucked off out of it. But then once that group stage is done, knockouts. And the, the three best games of this World Cup were the, were the two semifinals and the final. Not because they were intrinsically the best games of cricket. They were better games of cricket in the group stage. And, you know, and there were a few close finishes smattered around the boring, relentless, one-sided games. But they were the ones that mattered. And so they were the most exciting. Like India's semi-final against New Zealand, they won that spinning on their cocks. They won it by 70 runs and they were pretty much always winning it. But there was still in the back of them, you could and you could see it in the Indian players. They were still nervous. There was still a tension about that game. That the the identical group stage game wouldn't have had. Because there was because of the you know the nature of the game of no, cricket is that yeah. one bloke can do a madness you know you you get a Glenn Maxwell yeah or whatever it is and New Zealand have players capable of that that there's always the well if one player does a madness here this is all over yeah um and then you know obviously Australia South Africa was genuinely got quite close. And then the final, even when Australia were winning it easily, there's still, right down to sort of the last 20 or 30 runs, there's still that tension of, because it's a final, because it everything is on this. And how, how you can watch that tournament and complain as so many people now are, and did in 2019 when India got knocked out, 
how you can look at that 48 match tournament and say it's these three really exciting, yeah, heartbreaking, wonderful knockout games of cricket at the end that are the problem, yeah, rather I... than the endless like, like India didn't play a game that mattered until the semi final, yeah. I think what we're doing here is we are straying into you making some valid points about the actual sport yeah and uh that's not what this is it should never we, be we, we need to get onto the daft stuff so you mentioned glenn maxwell there um obviously what he did probably about eight months ago was a madness yeah. when we're talking about people doing a madness so much of it was mad the fact that he was you know dead at one point like yeah. and sat up like the fucking undertaker and hitting those sixes you know, he said, "Oh, he stood on one leg here." So, like, no, he's not. He's got. A, he, he he could not. He fell over as soon as he tried to walk. And then, but the, my favorite bit of that whole thing was when everyone was, all the greats and goods of world cricket were, Instagramming or or tweeting their praise, and Xing, uh, yeah, uh, sorry, Xing, um, but it was uh, Kevin... you learn. <laughs> it was it was uh, Kevin Peterson's. Yeah, yeah. Instagram, which was just a picture of, pretty much a picture of Kevin Peterson's face celebrating, while you could see Glenn Maxwell's back. Yeah, uh, and you could playing for the 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 Melbourne Dreams or whatever Melbourne Stars. I think yeah. Was there. Anyway, but uh, you can just about read the M well where the, on the yeah. crease of his blouse on the back, and it's just, uh, so it's just textbook. Glenn, then. textbook. Textbook. Brilliant bit of Kevin. Like oh, e- even even stuff. Virat Kohli. And people like this were, you know, their messages were accompanied by pictures of of him of at the time. that game yeah, yeah, of yeah. Max. Some of them of him hitting a mad shot. Some of them were of him just laying on the floor. <laughs> but they were of him. Kevin's yeah, gone and found just so great. Find so a picture of, of me and my good friend Maxi. Um, yeah. While we while we're um talking of pictures as well i'm gonna i'm gonna bring in that's the world cup analyzed <clears throat> yeah i'm gonna bring in a new feature which is um Excellent. cricketers bad wikipedia pictures that's what we'll call it it's quite snappy yeah and um, and if cbwp just... <laughs> yeah cbwp yeah good one yeah it sounds like a sounds like a bad legal firm that yeah has got gone in to do some audits um, but um, the the first one we're going to go with is uh, subwoop number one. Subwoop number one. Is it subwoop or kubwoop? Kubwoop. Uh, kubwoop. I think. Uh, it's Damien Martin. Damien Martin, who is largely regarded as the handsomest of all the offside bats. You know, those those four defensives that just yeah four defensive. I don't. I he, he had a league. That. He, he had still... a league. He must have done. <laughs> It, it, you know those the most the most elegant right hander of oh. all time. Well, this is, this is the thing: it, 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 the, the way he played those those back foot square drives, those cover drives are very they're very left handed shots. But he just looked amazing at everything he did. That little beer catching, little weird little beard he had as well. He was nineties as fuck. He looked or noughties <laughs> as fuck. He looked great. And then his Wikipedia picture is of him just. Clearing his front leg and absolutely wanging it, but you can tell from the where the ball is and the size of the ball next to his ass that he's barely got hold of it and it's going to probably to fine leg for one. Yeah, it's the least 
Damien Martin. Least Damien Martin. And it's Shot. also of his back as well. Like it's yeah. not even of the front of him. I think I, it's a perfect... I, I, I think it's, a, it's like Kevin Peterson in there. It's, <laughs> it's a terrible picture of a wonderful batsman, is what yeah. it is. And we're hoping there's more of those. Yeah. So if you've got one that you've seen, now, I don't know, you might just be thinking, oh, I wonder what Nick Pothas's average was. I'll just have a look at that. And you've got a pit. There's a picture of Poth looking stupid, or because some of them are just, you know, pictures of them at a wedding. Like, and I don't know why they're who chooses them. Who puts them in? Have you found? Have <laughs> the I picture, picked, the is, picture of Nick Pothas is fucking shite. Is, is Nick Pothas going to be? Are we going to have two? Let's do it. Let's do it. So the picture of Nick Pothas is someone in the crowd at a Lord's final has just taken a picture of some cricketers. And there's, oh yeah, Chris Trembler is in there. Dominic Cork is in there, and Nick Pothas is in there, like yeah, just partially obscured by some bloke's head in the foreground, just a bloke's furry head. And there's some yeah. stewards and photographers, photographers just proper photographers, yeah. and that is clearly just taken by someone <laughs> on their phone in the stands, yeah, uh, at a Pro Forty final or something. Yeah, that is that is quality. Yeah, so you know that's the sort of levels we're we're after. So if you've got one, by all means send them in to uh, ahead of the eight on X, the on, on social X. media platform. Who knows, fucking whatever. Um, so yeah, that was good. Um, the rattled ashes has continued. The rattled ashes continued. We had a brief hiatus for a bit of World Cup, but yeah. um, Nathan Lyon has turned up, hasn't he, to do his 193rd interview about basketball, in which he talks about how he's not interested in basketball. Um, he's doing that South African thing now of talking so much about the thing he's not bothered about yeah. that he he's just starting to look a bit like daft. It, like he might be bothered. Be bothered, yeah. Who knows? Who are we to? Who are we? We'll just have to wait. Who are we to? We'll just have to wait for his next interview. Yeah. Um, one of the things, like he's annoyed by it. Manus was annoyed by it, uh, which tickled me enormously. Is Basball going into the dictionary? For some reason, that has fucked him right off. And then, did it? Yeah, it's yeah. in the Col- It's in the Collins dictionary now. Lovely stuff. So you can, the Adam Collins, no, <laughs> you can legally, so if if you decide on that that volume, you can legally play baseball in a Scrabble now. <laughs> yeah, although it might—is it a proper now? I don't know. Don't know. I, I don't give you. a fuck either. So don't play Scrabble. No, adult don't need to. Um, that was a bit different. Don't play Scrabble. <laughs> <Wasn't it? laughs> fuck Scrabble. We're the anti Scrabblers. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to Mick and Dave, the anti Scrabblers, the podcast where <laughs> the we rest. talk about. What... Board games we don't like because we're fucking the rattled weird. Scrabble. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, we're yeah, here. so he doesn't care about basketball. He doesn't think it exists. He's he's got no time for it as he's stressed yet again in yet another media interview that he wasn't forced to do to talk about it. So yeah, I mean, it will never end. It it can never end. It, it was it was really really needed because what was great about the rattled ashes was obviously how everyone on all sides was rattled, um, and the World Cup final, despite being the most rattled cricket match of all time, <laughs> beating the twenty nineteen final. Yeah, which people all... still do still go on about every now and again. You can find them if you if you you don't oh, have to that's... look very far either. Do you? um, 
if you if you want an example, if you want any clue as to how long the rattled ashes will continue, the twenty nineteen rattled World Cup final, that's still going. Question for um, you. People who are still rattled about twenty nineteen, is is it New Zealanders or is it others? It's almost never New Zealanders. Yeah. So it's almost weird never that, isn't it? Um but that's is that this one it's it's entirely Indians. It's only Indians have rattled about this one because everyone else thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> that's the thing. If me and you, especially you, uh, are, are enjoying an Aussie win in a World Cup, it's it, that tells I didn't, you what, I, what what something's something's happened. I, I didn't quite reach the point of enjoying Mana scoring fifty eight off one hundred and ten. It's vitally important that he receives no credit whatsoever for that victory. I saw. I think it was a quick info tweet about how, uh, you know, uh, two months ago he wasn't even in the squad and now he's won them the World Cup. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. He cool. won the World Cup. He did not win them the World Cup. Yeah. Let's be very, very clear on that. He couldn't have won it without Travis Head. Travis Head yeah. could have won it without yeah. Manus Labashain's disgusting I... brothers stinkathon three and over <laughs> bullshit. We've, we've talked about it before, but Travis Head seems Rattled. like a... Travis Head seems like a a sound dude and yeah. thoroughly enjoyed him looking lousy as he Look, looking <laughs> yeah looking so, at, so... looking so, as he should having just done what he yeah. did <laughs> so so very important obviously unashamedly wanting Australia to win and pleased that they did because to be clear one the way the tournament was all set up as an India coronation, never sat comfortably with me. Two, by definition, I would have wanted, because I hate that format so much, that round robin, once a team has won all nine, any team has won all nine of its group games, obviously I want them to not win the tournament. That is, because <laughs> that's funnier than them winning it. Yeah. Um. So wanting Australia to win... It was like, right, what are the acceptable ways? What are the what are the least annoying ways for Australia to win? So obviously we didn't want David Warner playing the innings. We didn't want Steve Smith playing the innings. You don't want Marnus playing the innings. Yeah. If if you if head we're Marsh. Head, Marsh, Maxwell. Cummins. Sessions. <laughs> um that's fine. And so the fact it was Travis Head, yeah. the fact he then went on a five day bender, the fact he now, you know, has rocked back up at India for a yeah. I could, I could uh, smell... hotly anticipated T20 series, <laughs> yeah. looking exactly like you would expect a man to look There's after a weird... five day booze pickling. <laughs> but I looked at that, I, I, and this is going to you know how your brain does this. I, I, I could smell him just from looking at the picture. Do you know what I mean? That mm. it's like he smells of 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 lager and uh, the bad lipid. decisions. <laughs> it just he looked so sad, even but. You know he's not sad. He's he's just yeah. he just had the absolute time he's... of his life, and good luck to him. And it's a photo, isn't it? It's a photo of him. He's probably feeling a bit peaky, but probably yeah. not, not as bad. rough as he looks. And he's and... probably just gone. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and someone's it's... got the photo at the exact moment and gone. Yes, that's a good one. Um, just because the, talk... the flip side of that, of course, is that you've got Pat Cummins landing in Australia yeah. Looking after a million two dollars. days on the pits. And a 13-hour flight, and he just steps off the plane looking like a prince. Yeah. Absolutely. There was a bit um it's it's obviously not true, but it's very funny about Tuffnell talking about flight when they used to have to play in New Zealand and him saying the flight was so long he had two hangovers. Um 
when you uh, professional athletes. <laughs> yeah. When you were talking about um, Mana said that that brings me quite nicely to the first uh, day review system that we've got, okay. which was when I believe Manus, it was definitely Manus, I can't remember the fielding position, but he hit a single. And Matthew Hayden said, this is courage at its absolute best. Now, my question to you is, can a shot that yields so little and was so safe be described as courage, especially when you are in such an authoritative position in that game. It's, it's Hayden, isn't it? And what you have to remember with Hayden is he's one of the most committed bollocks talkers <laughs> in the game. But the other thing is, is that not for Hayden, the traditional use of language where words have meanings and that we're, that we're all pre-agreed and that we all know what they are, He's much more freeform with it, Hayden. So words can mean whatever Matthew Hayden wants words to mean. And so when he says this is courage at its absolute best, it's entirely possible that in his mind, that's just his words for there's a single to long on. Yeah. Because he doesn't use words like normal people use words. It's too mundane for for an intellect of, of Haydos's might that you know to, you can't just use words in, in their mundane ordinary fashion the other one he did in the final and we will be talking about the commentary on the final because it was fucking awful um was uh something happened i can't even remember what was i can't even remember what innings it was but the game was going a certain way we can assume because hados was puffed up and enjoying it it was, and also it was the way the game went for the most part. It was going Australia's way. And he said, that's been the narration for the last five overs. Narration. Where's he got? It's like, it's all, it's, it's not, you know, it's nearly right, isn't it? You know, that's nearly like, you could just about get away with saying this is, that's been the narrative of the last five overs, the story of the last five overs. You can see how he's got there. But it's not the right word. Just yeah. use the normal word. But it's, it's giant it's, loon. <laughs> it, it's, it's the that... same. It's the same as his approach to the wearing of hats. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't just wear a hat like a normal hat. He'll wear the maddest fucking hat he can yeah. find, like he's J fucking K. Because this is this comes back to I think where it's happened a lot in all sport commentary. You know, where boring meaningless twats who work in marketing just make up or just say well i can't say the word story i'm not telling a story yeah. here i'm weaving a narrative yeah because i'm a, you know all that shite and it sort of got into main like mate like people say things like now so oh you've lost this this match yeah we're going to look better moving forward don't give a fuck what you're doing moving forward unless there's something you can do differently moving backwards all that sort of shit. And I think he's yeah. just got a little bit caught up in that. He's enormously caught up in it. But but he, he's he's perfect because he is sort of like a this is there is a LinkedIn oh. quality to Hayden's yeah. public speaking anyway. But you see that sentence, if he says there that's been the story of the last five overs, that's what he's saying. Yeah. The LinkedIn version of story is narrative. 
Yeah. That's been the narrative of the last five overs. Is a wank. It's a wank. Fine, though, but it, it's yeah. a wankier way of saying. Yeah. That's the story I'm, of the last five. And overs. I say that because I'm cleverer than you. Yeah. I've, exactly. I've got, I've got for my Hayden. Yeah. Not my, even. I've got letters after my name in that. So not not even the wanky version yeah. is enough. <laughs> he has to he has to wank it even further by t- changing it to a different word, so that. Not only is it now wanky, it doesn't actually make sense. But the other brilliant thing with that was that, bless his heart, trying to commentate alongside Matthew Hayden, which I imagine to be roughly as difficult as trying to bat while he's chatting absolute bullshit at you from gully while Glenn McGrath's bowling at your cock, (laughs) was Owen Morgan. Now, Now, Owen Morgan, fine cricketer, brilliant captain, who looks a finer cricketer and better captain now than he did already yeah. in light of of what's gone down. But he's not yet, and I suspect never will be, a natural and gifted commentator. He's not the best. He's not the best commentator. And he has his own struggles with language when he's doing it. He stumbles on his words. And when he makes a mistake, he does that thing of sort of a panicked silence that just draws more attention to it. But he's been so broken by his exposure to Hayden's nonsense that when Matthew Hayden said that's been the narration of the last five overs, uh, Owen Morgan's response was, it certainly has been the narration. <laughs> Bless him. And thanks to uh, our friend Alex from King Cricket for pointing that out to us because it's, it's it's up there, isn't it? Yeah. I feel, yeah. Like you said... We haven't, yeah. even, got, we haven't even got to the bit where he described himself on air to a global oh. global audience of millions and millions as the big DOS. So moving on from Hayden briefly, because he we, we do need to discuss him further, but the, the commentary in general on the, the game what happened? What 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 do you think what do you think was going on and why did it why was it so bad compared to what it should think, have been, a celebration of cricket and all that noise. Yeah, yeah so the, the commentary on that final, I don't think I've ever been more annoyed um, by a commentary. Um, for so many reasons. One, it perfectly encapsulated that whole tournament, the the idea that this tournament was all about India. Um, I think it's the most unprofessional sort of top-level TV commentary I've ever heard. Um the Indian commentators, especially all of them as well, including ones who are actually quite good. Yeah, you know, it wasn't just Sanjay Mandraka being a rattled, whingy, bad loser like he always is. Um, but they they made no attempt to acknowledge that this is a world feed broadcast for a global audience, a global audience that includes probably like you know there would be twenty or thirty Australians who care. Um, it. It, the whole tone of it was so funereal. Yeah, there was no celebration of Australia's success. It was all a lament of India's defeat. the The entire coverage was so wildly skewed to an Indian viewpoint. And you can have the home advantage. You can have the ten wins. You can decide the pitches you're using, but. You can't it, it it you can't just have it sort of that tacitly acknowledged even in the the commentary on the final that when it was clear they were going to lose 
it just became this. It's like they were delivering a eulogy. Yeah, there was, and and the the only the only commentator who was on towards the end, who was actually had a celebratory tone, like Shane Watson tried to inject a bit of this is brilliant from Australia because yeah. because the Indian it was always grudging. It was that grudging, and don't get me wrong when you know when you tour Australia you play in Australia, the Australian TV commentary is astonishingly one-eyed and astonishingly biased, and there's no credit given to the opposition. But that's in bilateral home and away cricket. Yeah. But this is this is like with the World this Cup. Supposed it's supposed to be a world celebration. There's a lot of people yeah. watching cricket who might not always watch cricket, yeah. who might not watch a lot of cricket. Casual sports fans in any cricket-adjacent country might just be watching a bit of that. What's a what's a cricket What what are you talking about? There? France. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's like there's there's loads of people who don't really follow cricket that closely oh, in yeah, this absolutely. country. And people also, are stuck on a bit of that. What's yeah, a bit of the final? Why is why is this a tragedy? What's yeah. why is this so weird? It's also correctly weighted up, you know, because it's the World Cup. It gets like weighted up on on news. Feeds, yeah. BBC's newspapers, all that sort of stuff is hype. Because, oh, I didn't realize the Cricket World Cup finals on. There's an international just... break in football. I watched that today. It was just, it was all of it was rubbish. So you had like Harsha Bowley engaged in this weird sort of aggro off with Hayden, yeah. prompting him to the big dust looming over you, which I was uncomfortably sure he was talking about his penis. Uh, just like just looming over. He'd put a bit of blood in it. <laughs> swung but, it around a bit. Swung it around a bit before it got yeah. in the showers. <laughs> and he was just, that was weird. And like, so towards the end of that conversation, Harsha Bogley, who's normally a very, very enthusiastic and upbeat yeah. commentator, had spent his entire commentary stint in absolute misery because India were doing so badly. And then he ended it by sort of pointedly going, oh, you can tell how the match is going from the tone of Hados, can't you? It's like we can tell how the match is going from the tone of you, mate. Yeah. And 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 in a final, even if it's Australia, even if it's Hayden, give me the bloke who's excited and up for it over yeah. the bloke uh, yeah, going, yeah. oh, we're gonna lose. And then of course, then of course it turned into the and this was very funny, is that India needed a reason why they were losing because it couldn't be that this all-conquering India team was just getting thrashed. So then it became that the conditions um, were so in favour of Australia. Now, that's very funny in itself at the end of a World Cup that's been rigged entirely in India's favour. Everything, the pitches, the conditions, all set up for India. You know, they wanted a use pitch in the final for some reason. They wanted to use pitch in the semi-final. You know, the pitches were there because that's what India wanted. There's no point pretending otherwise. Yeah. Um, which isn't norm isn't normally how it goes in a major tournament. You don't normally get the host team doesn't get that level of control over the actual playing surface. And so if the conditions were against India, that's because they made it so. So you've now got people having to retrofit this idea that bowling first, as Pat Cummins did, was always like an easy decision. And when he chose to bowl first, it was it's a ballsy move. 
Rohit Sharma at the toss literally said, I'd have batted, looks a good pitch, let's get a total on the board. So now every, everyone who's like, oh, the condition, India lost because of the conditions, have to, and have, they've done it, convince themselves that when Rohit Sharma said, I'd have batted first, it looks a good pitch, let's put runs on the board. What he actually meant was, I was desperate to bowl first, we've lost this. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's whatever helps you cope, but... Yeah, and I think there's, like there's there's things that I've, and it, th- this is going to be a little bit self indulgent because of football and Spurs, but okay. I remember when Paul Stouteri scored a, a, an injury time winner yeah. against West Ham, yeah. and the the com- when a last minute winner goes in, there's chaos everywhere. Both commentators are usually screaming. There's the fans are going tits. The Oh, the losing fans are making noise as well. The fans are going tits. Yeah, L- tits instead of limbs. Um, but the, the the commentary on that from Sky, I can't remember who it was, and he it, it just goes, "Oh no!" Yeah, it's like there's a, and, there's a and, last minute winner. Yeah, and I get it because again, more innocently, it's, there was a narrative in that game, wasn't there? It was. Sorry, you mean a narration? The narration. The the that was certainly the narration of the last ten minutes. It was. West Ham desperately fighting against relegation. It was funnier if West Ham beat Spurs. Yeah, it it was. Spurs were just Spurs, you know, just top half of the table. It wasn't when Spurs were uh, in one of their sort of quite good periods. I mean, Timu Tanio scored one of the goals. Paul Stelterry scored the winning goal. <laughs> you know, they, they it it. The the narrative of that game, the the narration of that game was all about West Ham desperately fighting relegation. They'd gone two 0 up, pegged back to two all, gone three two up with like hardly any time left. Yeah. It was this is going to kickstart West Ham's survival bid. Then Spurs equalised. Then West Ham are desperately chasing a winner. Spurs break and score, yeah. breaking their hearts. So that that was the that was natural do you know what i mean it it was unprofessional yeah because you shouldn't as a if you're not commentating on a club service you shouldn't mark a last minute winner that half of your viewers are going to be enjoying with oh no but it was natural because the story of that game and how the game had played out it was also on reflection that was a split second Thing. Yeah. Ah. It wasn't yeah. a, you know, halfway through the game because it's starting. The because um, it's becoming obvious what's what's happening is yeah. now. Ah. Oh, and and it was just sucks all the life out. It of the was it, it was at least a, a commentator invested in the game in front of him. The, yeah. Yeah. One, right. Once right. once it was clear Australia were going to win, like, like even or not even then actually once you know. The back end of India's innings, when India lost a wicket, the commentators were barely, at times, were barely even mentioned. They couldn't even rouse themselves to properly discuss, like, that it was eight or nine down. Like, oh, oh India lost another wicket. <sighs> you know, there were exceptions. You know, the, the neutrals, you know, there was one point in amongst it all where there was Ricky Ponting was commentating with Ian Bishop, and it was like, fucking hell, this is... This like, and I think after that they didn't didn't do it again because it's like 
one, we've got a rash and the commentators are actually doing the job properly. And two, yeah. have, having them <laughs> to having them two on together at the same time, just so massively hammered home how shite the rest of it was. But yeah. you you basically had you had yeah. So the Nasser Hussein was on the commentary. It was too many commentators. Well, they always have three on. Mm. I think three is too many. Yeah, you don't need three commentators. There's there's a there's never enough going on to warrant. Yeah, it gets a little bit, especially where the split is as well. If who's playing, but I always feel it get can be a little bit. I think a couple of people on Twitter said this can get a little bit fan zone. Yeah, oh, it got very fan zone and yeah. like very you quickly had, as well. Like, yeah, you that, had that's where you get you, you, you get yeah. you get that thing where you've got you. So you had Hayden and um, so yeah, Hayden Harsher and Owen Morgan, and you've got Owen Morgan trying to referee. Yeah, a fan zone between these yeah. two. Um, that was a shit. But, I, 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 general public in it. Don't yeah, don't encourage them. Um, no, nah, that's not fair. It's. Uh, I think as well when certainly on TV where there's less talking, it's different on radio. Yeah, but on but on on TV, if you've got three commentators, you blur the the, the jobs. If there's two commentators, you've got a lead and a color, and that it you know you know who's doing which job. Yeah, as soon as it's three, it's who's. D- it, who's yeah. doing what? And I think it can lead. And I, and I think that that was part, that is part of the problem when you have the three man commentary teams. I don't like them. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like, I don't like them. I like two commentators and, you know, someone doing like a third man. Yeah. You know, yeah, like the, ana- the, an- yeah. the analysis stuff, something like that's fine. You're saying the cricket world cup needs Andy Townsend's truck. Needs a tactics truck. Yeah. Um, I think that's that. Has you got anything else you want to add to that? Because I've got some. I've got a whole list of politics nonsense to get through. Uh, yeah, you know the. You know you can't have politics in cricket, can you? With uh, Sri Lanka have been given the boot for that. Oh. Uh, two weeks before we played the World Cup final at the Narendra Modi Stadium. Yeah. In a World Cup that contained Afghanistan, who don't have to have a women's team because the Taliban don't want it. But yeah, you can't have yeah. politics. Interfering yeah. in also like the um, cricket. Danielle McGahey, the Canadian trans woman, oh. kick nice. not allowed to play while we're because they want to concentrate on holding the integrity of the women's game. Whilst yeah, not, I'm not bothering about um, Afghanistan anyway. But it's well, it like I mean, it's it's just I mean, it's absurd. It is absolutely absurd. It's one cricketer. With an unremarkable record, who was fine to be playing three months ago, now isn't. You know, you've got deep dives from the Daily Telegraph chief sports writer on, you know, one trans cricketer, one trans footballer, yeah, and it's just—it's yeah. an absurd panic. It's an absurd. It's this completely is, they, they, mental, completely all, over the top. Do it all the time. They—they they did it with the um, uh trans woman who was the marathon runner and I said uh you know trans athlete beats six and a half yeah. thousand people but they came about middle it, so it, 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 it made it sound like that they'd won the thing yeah and it you know my reaction to that 
story was, oh, well, the good news here is that they must have sorted out the whole Afghanistan thing. They just haven't got around to telling us yet because yeah. if they've got time to devote yeah. to one player from Canada, yeah. yeah, they must have sorted Afghanistan out. So that's yeah. that's good news. Good, good. You, that's good to that, know, yeah. Tip, tip that off because yeah. otherwise... So what I said at the top as well... Um, just the fact that politics was being brought into cricket and talking about it again, there was a couple of things that just Gerard PK'd me interest about it. And one of them was um, absolute Matt Hancock, Matt Sandscock, as I call him, not to his face. Not to his face. Not to his face. He's been on fucking SAS, whatever it's called. He'd been. Yeah. Um... Super army soldiers. <laughs> um, so this was uh, a tweet from Chris Smythe or Smith. He's a political journalist for the Times. It's probably Smythe, isn't it? It's got a Y in it. We'll go with Smythe. Um, during the is he is he from is he like heir, heir to the toy shop fortune? <laughs> he is. Is he? I don't know. No, um, <laughs> but this was uh, during the recent COVID inquiry, and it is peak Matt Hancock. Uh, when is this uh, going to really piss me off? Yes, it is. Am I going to be rattled? I feel like I've been very boring on this episode and not nearly rattled enough. No, you this this will piss you off. So, this was from um, when Helen McNamara, just another little thing that I want to talk about quickly that annoys the piss out of me is when we are now sat or just waiting for people who have been fucking very poorly behaved during covid now we're <laughs> hanging on their fucking every word like what's that fucking i've forgotten his name the bald geezer he looks like the stare out man dominic cummings you know we're all fucking you know he, he looks like um campagnola didn't he brilliant who actually i think if my memory serves he also beat a fancied and strong Indian in a final because I believe he beat Ananak in the final of the. Oh, what a segue <laughs> that is! Um, I'll, I'll, I was I'll... thinking this is not the strongest episode we've made, and it is 45 minutes of me being quite think, earnest, which I think is, it was isn't Al- good at yeah, all. Alexander you... Campagnola, I think his name is. He You've saved un- it. Unfancied in the final, I believe he beat Ananak. Might have been the semis. I'll double check it. Um, but yeah, it's so. Everyone was laughing about Helen McNamara going, oh, she's got the receipts. She's got the receipts. It's like she was the one that fucking wheeled the karaoke machine into the parties they were having. So <laughs> let, fuck her fuck her as well. <laughs> but um, when she was asked about her conversations that she'd had in whatever job she held in the whatever department. It's lucky this isn't a politics part. <laughs> no, no. Whatever job she held at the time, we don't even know what the time is, but it was... Um, uh, all right, Ian Dunn. <laughs> she was asked, "How was Matt Hancock coping?" All right, Dorian Linsky. <laughs> and uh, they said in in the inquiry, said he he reassured me that he was loving the responsibility, and to demonstrate this, took up a batsman's stance just outside Fuck. the <laughs> took up took up a batsman's stance just outside the cabinet room and said, "Well, they bowl them at me, I knock them away." Now. Oh. Box. We might. I might even put. I'm gonna actually. Yeah, we're gonna have another one. The Dave review system for for someone to say knock them away instead of I'll, I hit him for six. Not, I mean, it's fucking. I'll tell you who might say that. Matthew fucking Hayden. <laughs> it's, no, it's nearly there, isn't it? Because it's nearly a sentence that makes sense. But just... they bowl them at me. I knock them away. 
that if you're knocking them away, it's not there's no there's no it's not like they're being very it's not very dismissive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm hitting them for six. I um, I belt them out the park. Yeah. Here's another question for you though. What shot do you reckon he played? Damien Martin's Wikipedia picture. <laughs> Just <laughs> arse out, leg out. <laughs> Fuck off. Um I reckon you can edit out about 40 minutes of me just talking about why the World Cup was shit in the middle and just leave this bit in. It's just, go back, just, just go back to um, Alexander Campagnola beating Anna Nanak. Yeah. Um, shout out, big train. Um, but I did. Uh, I actually did some proper research on um, cricket and politics. You didn't so... do any on Helen McNamara's job title. Couldn't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> no interest. No. But um, many cricketers have held political roles, even in the UK, even unto cabinet ministers. So from my research, the most successful uh, cricketer and politician was Lieutenant Colonel, the Honourable F.S. Jackson, because he captained the English Ashes side in 1905, played 20 tests between 1893 and 1905, and he averaged 48.8 with the bat. Not bad. And he was the MP for Howdenshire between 1915 and 1926. If you don't know where Howdenshire is, it doesn't exist anymore. I think Tory, it's... I assume. Oh, yeah, Tory is fucked. <laughs> um, uh, it's somewhere near Hull. Uh, so... Howden, as in PA town. What? Howden. Yeah, Howdenshire has it, had its own county in the early bits. Now it's just the Press Association and... Um people who do kitchens and that oh by the way that matt hancock thing isn't even the worst thing i've got in here not by a long time it's the worst thing you've got some fucking tory from 1905 who got to be no. captain of england because he <laughs> went to the right school no it's worse uh, and it's way more recent than that um so just some other bits and bobs um cb fry uh if you don't know who he is google him he's mental basically he did everything um so he tried three times to win a seat. He also played cricket for England, football for England, held many track and Didn't field. Didn't he have like the world standing long jump yeah. record or something? Yeah, I think he had loads. He was like, there was yeah. it wasn't just the one. Um, he was a polymath. <laughs> Ted Dexter stood as a conservative in 1964 against. Uh, you could probably leave Callahan. <laughs> you could probably leave as a conservative <laughs> unsaid for all of these if they're cricketers. But well, CB Fry was a liberal, so yeah, well, there's one. Um, well, yeah, but he was a footballer as well, uh, and that's point. in the old days when footballers, yeah. you know, yeah, might point. had had half a chance of voting the right way at an election. Not many of them now. Yeah. That they'll vote the wrong way. Bunts in it. Um, Alfred Littleton played four tests in eighteen eighties, and his job in the cabinet was oh, colonies secretary. <laughs> Which just, I dread to think what he was like. But anyway, and Henry Cecil Lowther was an MP for 55 years. An MP for 55 years. You know when you got those absolute... Century, well battered. Just, yeah, mm. well, mm, etc. Uh, he played... Good, good, good knock. He played mm. for Hampshire and Surrey. And um, Peter Eckersley became the MP for Manchester Exchange after captain in Lancashire in the 1930s. And Hubert Ashton gets uh, uh, a mention because he played 71 first-class games for Cambridge University in Essex, and he was the MP for Chelmsford. What I also like about him in, in, in CB Fry areas was that he also played amateur football, albeit in the first division, for West Brom and Bristol Rovers. So that's nice, isn't it? Um Obvious other ones, Imran Khan, Prime Minister, 
and uh, of Pakistan and also Pakistan captain. And Gautam Gambir is a member of parliament currently uh, in the Lok Sabha in East, for East Delhi. And I don't really know much about Indian politics, but it... <laughs> I think it's like a constituency MP because it's rather unfortunately described as him sitting in the lowest house, <laughs> which seems like a bit of a diss. Uh, so I, I found an article by um, a geezer called Patrick Kidd, who is also a Times journalist and a political I, author. I'm pretty confident that Patrick has never been called a geezer before. Maybe not. Maybe he ought to, though. Um but in their article, it says uh, it is claims that the reason that most uh, parliamentary select committees today have 11 members is because Benjamin Disraeli said in 1857 that the number worked well as a team in cricket. Could be bollocks. There's no. Uh, it's almost go, certainly not, but it's very English. Yeah. A very but... English to let. You know, well, 11 is the right number of people for a team. Yeah. Why do you say that? Well, Batman. Wicked keeper, the rest of bowlers. That's my Benjamin Disraeli impression. Is that how he talked? Is it spot on? I mate? feel like this might be the worst one we've ever done. <laughs> um, but right, so this is the this is the bit in here that I think is going to make you worse than Hancock. So there's the, I'm reading this paragraph verbatim, and it goes: Today, the sport still unites rivals via the Lords and Commons team. Oh. <laughs> I once remarked to Labour's Ed Balls how heartening how heartening it had been to see him keeping wicket with the Lib Dem, Danny Alexander, and the Conservative, Matt Hancock, stood at slips. When the three all held or shadowed the Treasury brief at the time. So that's annoying anyway. But then Balls replied with that they found a common cause in sledging their teammate, John Redwood, what are your thoughts on sledging your own teammates? I don't think you can. That's right. Just be, being an arsehole, isn't it? Right. <laughs> Splits, I mean, yeah, sledging your teammates, it is, you do do it, but it's not sledging, is it? That It's banter when it's your own teammate. And the best time to do it is when they're batting and they can't hear you. Because everyone knows, we've all played on a team where we've spent half an hour watching someone score seven or 43 balls, slagging them off the whole time. Then when they come back in, go, back, mate, good effort, mate. Unlucky, mate. But it's not sledging, is it? Because no. sledging is something you do to the opposition. Also, there's nothing, especially in the current political climate, there's nothing more nauseating than, I mean, it sounds like you, like the three of them would start a fucking podcast Going, well, we down. don't always agree, but oh, you know, oh, you know, we find common ground, even though he votes the other way. No, there's no common ground to be found with a Tory unless you're a fucking Tory. It comes. <laughs> That's the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even going to beat that one out. Um, just because they pretend to like cricket because they think they should, so they've got the references there that just pop, pop uh, every now and again. It's public school and cricket. I mean, it's like it, this, it, it was sort of, in a lot of ways, it's what we did, sort of started this podcast thinking about before we spent an hour and a half ranting about politics. And <laughs> we, haven't really ranted, podcast. we haven't really ranted about politics. That sounds that different. That's, yeah. But it's, you know, the, the language of cricket does permeate it. You know, that it is... Yeah. Even now, when cricket isn't 
in the public consciousness the way it once was. It it's still there, and that's why, you know, politicians have always grasped for an easy line. Yeah, and you know, batting on a sticky wicket or whatever. No. You know, it's like as soon as baseball came along, you knew it was only a matter of time before some half-wit Tory 2019 intake MP said this government needs to be a bit more bloody basball and think, sure enough one of them did do you think um they bowl them at me i knock them away will ever come into like i think we'll do a whole episode on it <laughs> once once hados gets starts using they bowl them at me i knock them away <laughs> that'll really come into its own as a cricket cliche uh that's definitely enough for today isn't it more than not many laughs in that one was there was a couple i enjoyed it i enjoyed the chat yeah big up alexander campagnola all right we'll see you next time bye dave bye bye mate